Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Empowered Leaders Membership Group. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. So this week, we're talking about um, an idea that is squarely in the production category. So what does that mean? That is level three leadership uh, out of the five levels of leadership. So production is about you as the leader getting your stuff done, your people as individuals getting their stuff done, and your team together getting their stuff done. So the highest point at level three leadership is when all three of those things will be happening. Typically what happens in the early level three leadership is that the leader who was most likely asked to be in this leadership position because they know how to get stuff done, they um, are able to produce themselves, but maybe they can't get their people or their team to work really well. So level three, uh, next to level two, which is the relationship building uh, level, I think level three is a hard one because it, it's like you're, you're kind of slugging through and, it, and it's very difficult and challenging sometimes. And the topic we're talking about today is handling stress during transitions. Okay, handling stress during transitions. So um, we're going to talk about five different areas um, in order to kind of reduce stress, reduce that, that fear um, during transitions. Um, there is a document in the Kajabi that you can download that actually has um, the five areas and it asks you questions. So definitely pull that up, uh, have that with you, whether it be digital or, or even in print. Uh, somebody reached out the other day and said, I love these graphics that you're making. I hole punch them and put them all in a notebook. And I was like, awesome, great, sounds good, whatever works for you, okay? All right, so transitions. The one thing I know is that transitions are hard and most people don't have training in how to do them well. If you don't do transitions well, you will always suffer. But you can be in charge of those transitions and lead your people through them in a, in a good way, right? So again, we want to make sure that our, our folks have emotional and psychological safety, meaning reducing the stress, reducing the fear, um, coming in, in a, a kind of like a balanced state, if you will, because that helps us to keep doing the work and get a better result. Now, first, as we're talking about this, it's you first, right? So you have to assess where am I at during transitions? What's my thinking like? What are my emotions like? Um, you know, how do I feel as I go through a transition? And take these five things and work on them for yourself. Because if you're at that lower level of level three leadership, where it, you're trying to get the work done, I promise you, if you handle yourself in a really good way during transitions, you're going to be able to get more done. You're also going to be able to kind of attract those people on your team who also want to get stuff done and they're going to be, you're going to be a model for them and they're going to see that and they're going to get more stuff done. And you're ultimately, if you follow what I'm going to share with you in this lesson, you're going to be able to get your team to get more done because they're handling transitions better.
And the one thing I, I know about transitions too, is that the, the better you are at transitions, the better you are at everything else. Um, life is actually a transition, right? I mean, it's just a constant dynamic flow of transitions. So if you can get really good at this, uh, your team is going to go to the next level. All right. So the um, kind of five major transitions that you're going to confront as you're in a leadership position. Um, the first thing that I'm going to say, though, is that, that transitions, they're a matter of fact. It, it, it's a daily transition, right? You're going to have daily transitions you need to kind of help people through. Okay, so that's number one, daily transitions. And, you know, most people, they get worked up about these transitions. You know that they're there. And you know that they're coming, so just plan for them, okay? You, and you as a leader, you want to give yourself and your people choices whenever possible during a transition because um, choice gives power and confidence, okay? L let me give you an example. Uh, I love this. There's a field of study out there. It's called the economics of decision-making. I love everything I read about that. Uh, if I were getting another degree, I would get a degree in that just because I absolutely love it. I'm not. So, but I just love to, to read those studies. And in it, they said that employees with young children, in particular children under the age of five, especially if you have more than one, uh, employees with these young children, they make more decisions before they get to work than a fighter pilot does in war. Um, think about that. So if you know you have an employee who has young children and they're walking in the door and they look harried and you're like, hey man, what's wrong with you? Why can't you be more professional? Why can't you just get it together? Um, they've just literally gone to war. <laughs> so our goal is to help them transition. Now, one of the things that I would often do as I was an administrator um, and I was, you know, kind of in the leadership trenches every single day is I would check in with them and ask, you know, kind of keep an eye on their personality because some personalities, they don't care. They love that hustle and bustle. You know, my husband is a, a an extrovert. He loves carpool like that gives him energy, right? I am the exact opposite. Carpool makes my eye twitch. <laughs> So, um, when I arrived to work, I told all my team, you got to give me at least 15 minutes, just 15 minutes to kind of get my, my brain, my body and my spirit all in the same place again. And then I can confront whatever. So get to know your people and, uh, you know, ask them, how are you doing? What do you need when you first come in? Uh, I was doing some conflict resolution actually with a, a boss and uh, his, his team leader for, I can't remember which team now, but basically he was trying to recruit this person to take over for him. And they were having some conflict and he just couldn't make headway of it. And I said, okay, well, let me come in uh, and just chat with you guys. So long, long, long story short, I think three weeks later, we finally came upon that um, his second in command was a mother of three children under the age of five. Now, it took us a while for her, her to even, you know, just in casual conversation, I said, oh, yeah, I've got three kids. And she's like, I got three kids. And and she told me uh, their ages. And, of course, being an early childhood professional, I went ding, 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 ding. 
okay, I know this. I know this about your brain. And I had already figured out that she was very, um, she was a extroverted introvert, meaning that she loved people, but she really gained energy from being by herself. And so what we did was we, we realized that the, the first in command, what he was doing is in order to kind of seize the day, um, he was making these early morning meetings pretty much once this lady walked in the door, she was supposed to be on and things were not going well. And she didn't want to admit that her kids were draining her because, you know, no mom ever really wants to admit that or that it's, you know, keeping her from being the professional that she is. Uh, And I said, listen, this is nothing about blame, shame or judgment and everything about this is how your brain works. This is just science. And they made that one little tweak. They just pushed those meetings one hour up in the day. And guess what? Everything changed. And within six months, um, the, the number one was able to transition out and, and she was able to take over and feel really confident about that because she was honoring her brain and the science around it. Okay. So, you know, simple transitions like coming in in the morning, know what your people need. Um, I, I was working with somebody else and I said, you know, where's your break room? And the boss was like, oh, I don't give them a break room. Uh, you know, there's a a refrigerator over there if they want to put their lunch in, but they got to stand somewhere and eat because I'm not, you know, making this a, a cozy place for them. I'm not coddling them. Right. Uh, that's what they want. And then they don't, uh, you know, they don't give me what they, what I need from them. And I was like, Mm, no, actually the opposite is also true. Okay. So, um, you don't have to make it nice and cozy, although that is nice, you know, brains like that. Um, but when people feel welcomed, when they feel safe and comfortable, guess what? They're not using their fight, flight, or freeze sympathetic nervous system. They're using their rest, digest, and grow parasympathetic nervous system, which is what we want them to do. We want them to be in the right state of mind so that they can get the work done. So what he was wanting was more production from his team, but he wasn't using that everyday transition time of a, of a meal and a break to calm brains, to get them, uh, to produce more. Uh, one of the things that I often do is come in and teach teams how to run uh, meetings so that it's not a waste of everybody's time. And I find that there's a transition that happens before a meeting and after a meeting that you want to be really aware of. So before the meeting officially starts, uh, I often, if I'm running it, I will say, all right, everybody, before we, we start here, Uh, This is what I'd like you to do. And if I'm working with a team long-term, I ask them to do this before they actually come into the room where the meeting is and they have to show me that they've done it. So it's usually a worksheet, uh, but it's the same question. So what do you hope to get in this meeting? Okay, what do you hope to give in this meeting? What do you hope to know after this meeting? And what do you hope to be able to do after this meeting? Okay. So it's not just, you know, your body is here in this place, but what do you, you got to ask, what are you going to get? Okay. What's your intention here? And then after the meeting, just checking in. Okay. What did you get? What did you give? What do you know now? What what are you going to do now? It, It focuses brains. 
right? So what happens is when you're doing this very simple transition activity that can take no more than two or three minutes, you have focused brains in the room for the meeting. And then afterwards, same two or three minutes, guess what you have? You have focused brains taking the whole meeting with them and going out and doing something because of it. In other words, it was a good use of your time and you're going to get a production out of that meeting. So using two to three minutes of on either side of your meeting as your transition and not just saying, oh, you know, um, we're, we're going to just jump right in. That's using transitions in a very matter of fact way, but also using them to your advantage. One of the things I've also done with uh, employees before is use that transition at the end of the day. So before you check out, you know, and especially if I ever had, and I did this a few times, I had people on corrective action plan, uh, meaning that, you know, for 90 days, we were kind of, we wanted to see some growth in some areas. And so they were required every day before they checked out that they had to come in and tell me what was something that they loved about their day. What was something they learned and what was something that they wanted to try tomorrow? Um, and some, sometimes I would actually have, um, all of my teachers on a whiteboard at, at the checkout station, you know, I'd ask a question, what did you love about today? And, you know, they would just write a quick little message. So it doesn't have to be something huge. It's just an end of the day transition to say, you know what, I'm going to put the period on this day. (laughs) There's a little bit of closure and I love something. I learned something and and I'm going to try something new tomorrow and then they can be released from their day. You can also use that with students, by the way. So in essence, what you're doing is you're using these transitions um, and keeping everyone focused throughout the day. So all of these things are throughout the day and they're going to produce more while they're growing. Okay. All right. So that was all under number one. I promise the others will be a little shorter. All right. So number two weekly transitions. So, um, it doesn't have to be, uh, really big. You can actually make it 10, 20 minutes tops, right? Um, but your team leads, right? So think about if you have a big team, um, the, the major people. So let's say you have, you know, 20 employees. Well, you might have three or four team leads. You're not going to meet with everybody every week. Um, but you just want to meet with the people who are kind of in charge of their pods, if you will. And several quick questions. Number one, what's going well? So I always like to have weekly meetings, um, on Fridays actually, because, or, or Thursdays, just because you have the whole week to kind of If you started on on Monday, it's hard because you've got the weekend in there. Um, But if you do it Thursday or Friday, you can say what's going really well and people will have something to answer. Um, Who needs help, right? Is there something that you need help on and make it rather quick, right? Um, Really, you want to kind of set this transition as um, this is a place that you already kind of know what's happening when you come. Well, we don't sit there and think about, oh, do I need help? And if I do, where do I need it? Nope. You just know you're coming here and you either need help or you're going to give help. Um, I've also done a red light, yellow light, green light uh, before where basically you come and um, you signify to the group. So most of these meetings I've actually done where we're just standing, 
We're not even sitting at a table because we're not lounging here. We're just checking in, right? Um, definitely you can do this on Zoom or, or Google Meets or something like that. Um, but you have to signify, are you red, yellow, or green? So red means I need help and I need it now. Yellow means um, I either have a question or I could use some help, but I'm not sure what I need. And green means I'm good to go. And everybody comes and you have to report what color you are. And the beauty about this system is that each person takes their turn. So you might be green for weeks in a row and all of a sudden you're like, red, red, hey, come here, right? So it's not always the same person who is jumping up saying, I need help. And there are sometimes when all you do is you have all greens and you're like, okay, everything's going well. Guess what? That's a very short meeting. <laughs> okay. Um, and if you find that more people need more help, that's when you can say, it sounds like we need to kind of circle back here in a couple days and talk about some things. So let's, let's add a meeting to the calendar. Okay. When you're doing these kind of meetings, what, the beauty about this is that you have constant contact with your team but you're, you don't feel like you're always having a meeting. So small transition activities can really make all the difference. You could do it at the start of your week or you could do it at the end of your week. It really doesn't matter. Um, if you do both, so let's say you start it, you do 10 minutes on Monday and 10 minutes on Friday, right? They can be shorter if you're going to do one at the beginning and the end. Okay. So number three transition is a monthly transition. So this is like a monthly staff meeting, or it could be for your inner circle. This is going to be, could be the same people that, that you just met with as far as your team leads, but this is going to go a little bit deeper. Okay. This is where you, you, um, as the leader are kind of throwing out, Hey, listen, we've got some new projects or some new programs or some new needs out there, or we've got some stuff that's coming up. Um, so it could be that you have some old business, right? Maybe you've got something going on, but, but there's new action steps related to it. Uh, could be that you've identified it. Hey, we really have a need over here in this area. Can anybody step up and help us? Or perhaps you've been going along and you're like, oh, we're really low on this resource. Does anybody have an idea on where we could find more of this resource? So it might be something new, it might be something old, but you're, you're really coming at it from the point of view of, of let's report out what's happening in order to move forward. Now, another thing that you could do during this time, and I find that this is really helpful, is at some point in the conversation, you want to have a protected space that has nothing to do with established action steps. So uh, you want to have some research or curiosity or wonderings about the future, right? So for example, you could say, all right, guys, let's set aside all our work now. And in a perfect world, what is one thing that we would like to see changed or one thing that we would like to start doing or, you know, something we've never done. And it's just a dreaming phase, and the reason why you want to have this, first of all, there's a lot of high energy that can come into this, but it also subconsciously communicates to your people, we're always doing something new. We're always changing. We're always growing. We're always looking to the future. And this is also where you can kind of seed different things that might come to you that you might want to do in the future. 
So I work with um, uh, a lot of educators and a lot of educated education leaders, um, they understand the value of curriculum. Okay. That's a really big part of what they do. And if you've never been through a curriculum change, count yourself blessed and lucky. Okay. It is not for the faint of heart. There's a reason why they say it takes seven years to become up to fidelity with, with a new curriculum, seven years to make it a go. Okay. But if you're going to think about possibly even having a discussion about a new curriculum, new facilities, um, new staff, this is the time in the meeting where you want to start seeding that transition where you could say, you know, I've noticed in the curriculum that we have now, like we don't get a lot of freedom around X, Y, and Z. Do you guys know of any other curriculums that do that? Now, because you have set the stage for this part of that meeting to be just wonderings, your people are not going to freak out about it because they're not like, oh, we've got to put this into place. They're like, oh, I don't know. Well, let's check into that, right? Okay, so then the next transition, number four that I want to talk to you about is when you have new staff or policy changes, because this is a big transition that can really cause a lot of havoc. So ideally, of course, you would be able to seed that, like I just said, but sometimes you can't, right? Um, if you know you're going to have um, a significant staff or policy change, Here's the group of people I want you to look for. I want you to look for the S's. So on the DISC profile, again, if you, you don't know what that is, go back to the relationship building section and look for any of the videos that have DISC in it, D-I-S-C. So the S's are reserved. So they're a little on the quiet side, a little um, introverted, but they're people oriented. So they are the great listeners. They are the people who are probably, you know, if you have a staff meeting, they're making sure everybody has a napkin and a drink that they need. Um, they're servants. Um, they're the people that you go to when you have something that you need done. Like right now, they're typically the first ones to volunteer to help in any way. So the S's, um, because of the nature of who they are, it's very difficult and challenging for an S to make a change. They like things to stay the same. They like the status quo. They like peace and harmony. And when you come in as a leader and you're getting everybody all riled up about a new change, they don't like it. S's also are people who, because they are so connected to everybody on the team, they know that when you announce we're going to do this change, they know the you know people who are going to be affected the most negatively by it. And they, they take that on. Okay. But we can use this to your advantage. So what you do is you try to identify these people and you bring them in and you say, Hey, listen, um, you know, I'm thinking about this change. What do I need to know to make this a success? So two things that are going to happen. Number one, uh, you're basically alerting them this is coming so they have time to process. But number two, you're quickly transitioning to the focus of what do I need to know to make it a success? They know what you need to know. You need their data, okay? Listen and listen well because they're going to tell you exactly what you need in order for that thing to be a, res um, a good result for you, okay? And once you've given them time to kind of process that change, they're going to help you sell it, <laughs> 
All right. So you're typically we have what we call our natural leaders and our early adopters. They're the people who can see your vision and run with it right away. S's are not those people. They need a little bit more time to kind of warm up, but they can get on board with your natural leaders and early adopters and get everybody else on board with the change. Okay. So you got to give these people a little time for processing their emotions. They got to ask questions. They got to share their concerns and other people's concerns before making the change if you can. Okay. Especially if they're on your leadership team. All right. Now the last transition I want to talk to you about is really the one that as a leader, you should have the least amount of time focused on But I'll tell you this, after working with hundreds, maybe even thousands of leaders at this point, this is the one that you spend the most time on. So as I I was kind of putting all of this together, I was like, oh yes, we definitely need to spend more time on number one. Oh, and then number two. So I put them in order of the time, if you were looking at transitions, how much time you should spend. But I'll tell you this, number five, that's the one where all the leaders go to. And that's emergencies emergencies are the hardest transition to deal with ever. We want to limit emergencies. Okay. So when you're focusing more time on one through four, I promise you, you will have less emergencies. Okay. So we want to try to limit these as much as possible by planning all of the other transitions and looking ahead. Now, when you are in emergency, there's only two things I'm really going to tell you about this. Number one, uh, you need to designate very quickly who the go-to person is and who's making decisions. So uh, um, this last week, we had some pretty major storms in our area. And um, uh, we actually were in a tornado warning for almost two hours. And during that time, our local school district had, um, I think they said, uh, 27 points of, of contact with students. So they had 25 buses out and two, um, elementary schools that were open because it was right at the time when the middle and the high school students were being let go. So think about that 25 buses and two school buildings. Well, technically three, um, that were open and that's an emergency, right? So you need to know, you got to have policies, you got to have procedures, you got to have stuff that says this is what we're doing. And they had to quickly designate who is the go-to person with each one of those and who is making the decision. So the one thing that I absolutely loved about this situation is that each one of those bus drivers were given the power to make the decision about stopping the bus or getting to another location. None of them could stop and, and, you know, let children off, which some parents were like, yeah, but the the bus is just right there, but we can't do that. Right. Um, and some people were upset about that, but Hey, listen, we're just trying to keep your kids safe. Right. Um, but each one of those bus drivers knew where they were in their route and they knew what was coming up and they had the power to make that decision. I love that. Right. But there was one go-to person that, that pushed the button and said, yep, here you go. This is the policy that we're running right now or the procedure. Okay. We need to have somebody who's in charge and sometimes that's you. And sometimes it's not do this thinking ahead of time. What are some of the likely emergencies that you're going to be in and who's going to make that decision? And then you need to be very clear and firm with your directions. 
Um, I have actually, uh, um, with some of my teams in the past, I've said, hey, listen, let's talk about emergencies right now before the emergency happens. And I said, hey, listen, I've got a certain personality style. You guys know I love to have fun. I love to, you know, uh, get stuff done together and, and we have a great time. However, when there's an emergency, you're not going to like me because an emergency does not require you to like me. An emergency requires you to listen to me. So I need you to understand that when we're in an emergency mode and like this is get it done now or someone's going to hurt, get hurt, you will not see the nice Michelle come out. Okay. You'll see, just so you know, because sometimes, especially those S's in that emergency, they can get their feelings hurt. And later on, you know, I, I will always check back in and, Hey, how are you doing? You know, I wasn't too harsh on you. Was I, um, but I like to let them know ahead of time that that might happen only because I can't sit around and talk to you about what's happening right now. If I tell you to do something and it's, it seems a little bit more harsh or direct, I just need you to do that. Okay. So again, with emergencies, we want to limit them. We want to have a go-to person who's making decisions and we want to be clear and firm in our directions. Okay. Now uh, there's always going to be transitions and they're always going to be tough, (laughs) but if we treat them all as their emergencies, they're even tougher. So your job is to really help the brains feel safe so they can learn, grow, produce, and also reproduce. If you're always in constant emergency mode, you're not going to delegate. Your people are not going to delegate. You're not going to grow your team. Okay. So your job for homework this week, uh, grab that document in Kajabi and, uh, you know, download it and go through which one of the five areas can you work on? And maybe as you go through, you're like, oh man, (laughs) I need to change this all around. I have been spending too much time in in emergencies. Um, But think about which one would you like to work on first? Okay. And make a plan. All right. Ask yourself, what is your relationship to transitions and what do you want it to be? Okay. Hey, thank you so much for joining us this week. I I really appreciate it. I can't wait to kind of chat with you um, on our Zoom next week. Uh, Please feel free, reach out if you have any any questions or concerns or, um, and also, you know, I'll just throw this out. Think of, of is there anybody that you're working with or that you know um, that has recently jumped into a leadership position or uh, maybe is in uh, for a little bit, but kind of floundering uh, or somebody who's been in a leadership position for a while and just needs some, some new fresh kind of takes at leadership. Would you consider sending them my information uh, so I can talk to them about being a part of the group? I would love that. All right. So with that, I release you into the wild, go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day. We'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.